This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Rachel Turner, and this week we are talking about pioneering, lessons from pioneering, really. Uh, We have a question uh, about uh, people who are actually really enjoying not going to church on a Sunday morning and are a bit in trepidation about having to go back to the way it was before. And uh, we have a great interview from Simon Perry, who's going to talk about how can we facilitate our kids becoming songwriters and uh, how we can help facilitate their heart's cry to God through music. And as usual, a question to ask your kids to start an interesting conversation. Um, This week, before we start, I just want to remind you that if you're someone who's listening to stuff and likes listening to stuff, and it's the only time that people leave you alone, I just want to remind you that we do have the Parenting for Faith a book, the omnibus version, which is Parenting for Faith, Parenting for Purpose, and Parenting for Confidence, available on audiobook, wherever you normally get audiobooks. So uh, if that's something that you're interested in, go ahead and access it. It's 10 hours of me reading at you. Uh, so we can't embrace it in one go, but it is me, and I read it all. So there, my love for you is enormous. Uh, to start off today, I wanted to talk about lessons in pioneering. Uh, so much of our life can feel out of control. And particularly now with lockdown easing and things beginning to restore or come back in a different form, it can feel actually like a lot of change. Again, (laughs) we did so much change to get into this lockdown season. And now there's an enormous amount coming, more newness to negotiate, to make decisions and figure out how we're going to go shopping and how to make masks and whether or not we want to send our kids to martial arts with the new social distancing thing and oh, so much. Um, And none of us have parented in this season before. Uh, And to be honest, no one, I mean, we are all pioneers. No one has ever in the history of the world parented your children through today ever before you were the first and will be the only one who have ever had so we're all pioneers we're all facing every day to be new and some of us are natural pioneers and some of us really aren't and I thought I'd share some, I don't know, pioneering truths to encourage you in this season because uh, sometimes when we're pioneering and it's not our natural phase, we can feel like it just never is the way we want it to be. So here's a few pioneering truths from uh, someone who likes pioneering. Uh, The first lesson of pioneering is uh, assume nothing. We are looking at a a whole bunch of opening up this easing of lockdown and lots of stuff is opening up again and i just want to call a pause just to be like stop just 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 for a moment and say you don't have to assume that your life going forward has to look like it did before so many of us have been thinking about oh now we can get back to normal and i just want to encourage you that that there is something special that may be in the future 
um, that isn't about replicating the past. We learned stuff in this season about ourselves and about our children. And before we rush to get back to the before the pandemic feeling, just take a moment to pause and decide. Don't, don't assume that life before the pandemic was what you want going forward. I know many church kids who have loved the online pastoral connections they've had during lockdown. They felt loved and seen and known more than before, but now they can't make those connection times because tennis is opening up and trips are back on and they're losing that relational connection that has been built over those past five months. Uh, I know kids who have loved the lack of church stress on a Sunday. Uh, and so it just, this season gives us an opportunity to ask ourselves, what are our values going forward? What have we learned? What have we gained? Families who have learned how much they like playing together or the joy of games or how getting out of the house for a walk together keeps each other connected or how breakfast time is the most natural, peaceful time or whatever you learned about how your family or your kids work, remember them. You don't have to keep doing what you always did. Pioneering is about facing an unknown and responding with perhaps something new. What do you want this next season to look like, spiritually, emotionally, relationally? Before you say yes to the old, responds to the opportunity for it to be new and better. So number one, assume nothing. Two, getting things wrong is part of the learning process. We can put on ourselves this immense pressure to get it right, to never mess up. I was watching a dog training show on <laughs> one of those those nights, you know, where you just scroll and then you scroll so much on your phone that you're like, where am I? So all of a sudden, I, who don't own a dog and have never owned a dog, was watching a dog training show. And, uh, and there was this pressure. They were trying to teach this dog this new thing. And there was this pressure to do it consistently. And the lady said, if you mess up even once, if you mess up the pattern, it undoes weeks and weeks of work. And I, ju I just felt like it kicked me in the gut because I thought, oh man, I could never train a dog. That is just a horrifying amount of pressure. But I think we feel that about our parenting. We can feel that pressure. I'm messing up my kids. I need to be better. I need to get it right. I just want to pause and just remind you that today nobody's ever done before. And you may have lots of experience and wisdom in your bag to face this new day. But likewise, you may encounter something today that is brand new. And you may discover that your solution of yesterday wasn't effective. Your kid flipped out emotionally in the lounge. Your response turned that little flame into a raging fire that consumed the next two hours. And we're like, what was that? Or you snapped at your child or disciplined them for something it turned out their sibling did or you totally got the wrong end of the stick or the prayer time you were doing went way off base and you ended up talking about how flies reproduce. You know, it's okay. Expect to get things wrong. Expect to learn. Expect that sometimes your solution won't be effective. The strength is in the readjustment, in cleaning up the emotional mess and sitting with your kids and talking it through in changing for the next time will never be perfect, but we can move forward positively and well. Getting things wrong is just part of the learning process. And the third thing I just want to remind you of, besides assume nothing, decide what you want going forward, getting things wrong is part of the process, so give yourself a break. And the third thing is don't forget the waves. 
when we look at lockdown easing and how we spiritually want to go forward, God has been doing things in your children, in you, in your church, in your family. What wave? We talk in, a lot in Parenting for Faith about waves, about surfing the waves, seeing what God is doing, just jumping on board. It may not be what you thought it was going to be, but God's doing something. So, hey, why not jump on board? What wave are you still riding that doesn't want to change because of lockdown easing? What about church do you still want to hang on to? What feelings are your kids feeling that you want to resource and help them pray about and read stories about? What is happening with your family that is important that you keep writing? And what is a wonderful wave that is ending as a new season is beginning? In a few weeks on the podcast, we'll be talking about how to say goodbye to a season. But I just wanted to flag up here that just because lockdown is ending doesn't mean that the wave you are on is over. Have conversation with your children and let your family talk about what they want to continue as you go forward. Let them be a part of identifying the waves you're all surfing together and don't want to bail from. Who knows what the next few weeks and months are going to bring, but as you pioneer each day, the God who knows all possible future paths and promises, he promises to weave them all together for the good of your family, and he's guiding you. So you got this. You you pioneer a way forward. Assume nothing about what the future has to be. You decide for yourself. Know that you're going to get things wrong and that learning process is a beautiful thing for family. And don't forget the waves that you're on that haven't ended yet just because lockdown has. And uh, you got this. It's going to be an interesting season. You can do it. question section (laughs) we had this question multiple times this question has been asked and so I've been a bit like "Mm, should I answer it (laughs) in a way and so I've decided to uh to just take the question on as a whole and the question is this we really like not going to church on a Sunday morning that doesn't mean they don't access the service it doesn't mean that they don't spend spiritual time together but that that morning slog of waking up and getting everybody together on time and serving uh, in the morning so you have to be there 45 minutes early and getting one there and then being there for two hours and getting home and lunch and that that stress of not having to go to a building for church uh, we really like not going to church is that wrong <laughs> And uh, I found that question fascinating. And so this is my answer. It's not the right answer, but it's mine. Um, I'm sorry. I'm going to be, I'm sorry. You're going to hear me hacking back and forth because my kid got his first like official haircut post uh, quarantine and I kissed him and uh, he still had those little spiky bits of his hair and I like swallowed him. You know how when you get a hair, oh, anyways, I have kid hair in my mouth and I'm going to try to not hack my way through this podcast (sighs) what am i saying oh yes not church people not like going to church right so some of us find this an easier thing some of us have found it easier no stress easier to frame and engage you know no performance pressure less time i totally get it it is easier to attend a service personally in my house we are loving it um but i think what is an interesting reflection is this it is way, I think, for for me, it is easier to attend a service at home. I mean, I preached at two different churches on a Sunday morning with my pajama bottoms on because I could do it remotely and still make it downstairs for snuggle time at 11 o'clock. I mean, it was amazing. Um, but just because it is easier to attend a service uh, 
online doesn't mean that it's church. It's, it's not church. It's just a service. Church is so much more than just attending a service. Church is being loved and loving others. It's encouraging others and being encouraged by others. It's about being useful as part of a body of Christ. It's about drawing near to God together. It's about being transformed through God's power and the companionship of each other. So yeah, lockdown sometimes makes attending a service easier, but it's robbing us of the rest of church. Uh, And I found that a helpful discussion to have with my family. I know a lot of people are having that interesting discussion as as churches begin to open up. Some of our kids are like, oh, do we have to go back? And and being able to say, yeah, it was easier to attend the service, but it was robbing us of the rest of church can be a really useful thing. If that's something that um, is a, a wider conversation you want to have, a session eight of the Parenting for Faith course, it's a free course on the Parenting for Faith website. Um, is all about how to help your kids engage with church. And it talks about this whole realm. So if you want to know more about that, you know, please dive into that. But um, it's interesting. Some people are pioneering this middle ground while we're waiting for churches to reopen up. Um, Some people are doing a middle ground that sort of helps us capture a bit more of church and provides a sort of transition back into church. And it is the invite someone over on a Sunday morning middle ground. Because now I don't know when this is going to be released, if we're still going to be in the same situation. But Um, Now you can have other families in your home and not multiple families, but one family in your home. Uh, And a lot of families, a lot of churches are doing this where they invite another family um, or a single person or a couple or someone who's elderly over to their house and they watch church together. They come over, they laugh, they play, they watch. Some people come over in PJs, they eat breakfast together. Um, I know Anna's doing it. I know Becky's church is doing it. Um, my introvert self is wanting to be selective about who I can have over because I want to do it without still having to brush my hair. Well, my extrovert husband is like, let's invite everyone over and make pancakes. But that community adds the churchiness to the service. And we're finding a lot of people that's helping with the transition of remembering what the rest of church is about because you're still doing the service, but you're adding the community to it. And so I'd really encourage you that um, I don't think it's wrong that you find Sunday mornings easier not having to go to church, but uh, it's a service. It's not church. And there's ways of beginning to make that transition um, by adding community or talking about the community and being able to access what the wider bit of church is. This would be a great chance to you know watch that session eight about how to help your kids engage with church and have proactive conversations about what we want church to look like when we go back. What is important to us about the widerness of church and how can we set ourselves up to engage with that? Um, so yeah. So don't feel guilty, don't feel sad, um, but also have a really interesting conversation about what church really is. For the wild card section of our episode, uh, we at Parenting for Faith um, believe that kids are a part of the body of Christ right now. And one of the things that people do as part of the body is write songs to encourage and inspire, to help us worship. And I believe that some of our kids and teens have that in them. 
But how do we encourage that? How, how do we take an eight-year-old or a three-year-old or a 17-year-old and help them begin to explore and spread their wings and stretch that aspect of their heart and their call and their makeup and their part of the body of Christ? Um, well, Anna sat with a songwriter and worship leader, Simon Perry, to find out how we can encourage that in our children. Great. So I'm here with Simon uh, and we've asked him to tell us a little bit about something that happened at New Wine a few years back. Yeah. Hi. Uh, so what happened was uh, uh, Rachel and I were leading uh, uh, one of the groups that New Wine and uh, we really had a sense that God was going to put on the hearts of the kids some new songs, new psalms and, and, and new songs of worship. Um, and, you know, bear in mind, these are five, six, seven year olds. and There's probably about 800 of them each week. We're like, okay, Lord, this is a bit of a, a crazy thing. Um, <laughs> we felt this was right. So that was early in the week. Uh, and we prayed as a team that this is what we're going to do. And so we told the kids, we're like, hey, kids, we're going to uh, believe that this week God's going to give lots of you new songs uh, and songs that we can sing in worship and, and songs of praise to God and stuff. Yeah. And there was a really excitement with the kids. Um, and I was like, okay, Lord, over to you. And, and so we had drips and drabs of songs from all these kids uh, oh my word! And we had songs about everything—songs about bunny rabbits, songs about uh, the sun, the moon. We had all kinds of stuff that you know, five, six, seven-year-olds were right. Um, and uh, we had a couple of days of, of stuff coming in. I was like, "Oh my word, Lord! This is this it? <laughs> is this is this what you have planned for this week?" Um, and then it was the Wednesday of that week. Uh, uh, a little boy called Sam came up to us on stage right at the end. He came back with his dad. And he came to the stage and he said, hey, Simon, I've got a song. And he gave me this little scrap of paper yeah. that he'd written on. And um, and it's one of those weird moments. There's been a few kind of these moments in my kind of kids' ministry life where you kind of get, just feel God go, boom. And it was just, as soon as I had this little bit of paper, I just felt God say, this is it. And I'm like, okay, Lord, if this is about a bunny rabbit, <laughs> we're going to have words later. Cause, <laughs> um, but so I had this piece of paper and... And on this piece of paper was this this five-year-old, because uh, Sam was five, this five-year-old kind of scribbles. And next to it was his dad had written kind of a translation in, in you know, words you, uh, writing you can understand yeah. uh, of this song. And it was called God is Great. Yeah. God is great. My God is great. He's brilliant. He's made me brave. He's given me strength. I love to say my God is great. And that was the song. And I felt, held this and just felt God say this, the song. Uh, so there was a friend of mine, um, uh, Greg, who's the guitarist, and and a few others, and we were like, "Hey Sam, can we put some music to this song?" And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, that'd be really cool." Uh, so off he went, and uh, we spent a bit of time putting a melody around this song. Yeah. Uh, so that was the Wednesday. At the end of the week, uh, we were doing. Uh, I was leading the all age worship in the main big top uh, family celebration in the afternoon, and um, uh, and it was great. So I was on the stage with the the venue one band, and they were rocking and. Uh, and so we did the family celebration. So there's thousands of people come into this, all all age groups. And we did the usual, you know, we did One Way Jesus. We did some other, you know, really rocky songs. And the tent was pumping. It was great. And um, and then we said, uh, we're going to teach you a brand new song written this week at New Wine. And there was a kind of like, oh, this excitement. And so I think at that week there was like Martin Smith was on site. And there was other people on site. So I think people thought, oh, this is an exclusive <laughs> new song. Uh, anyway, we we taught this song and and we did this song called God is Great and the place went wild. The band was rocking. People just worshipped. It went on and on and on and on and on. It was great. People were dancing. It was an amazing, amazing time. Um, we finished the song and people were just clapping and cheering and praising God and and it was awesome. And then uh, and then 
I think this is one of the most amazing moments of my life. It was just one of those, like, it was like, God, okay, now you, I, you can take me home now because yeah. I feel like this is the best thing. Um, uh, so everyone had finished uh, cheering, clapping and praising. And I said, I'd like to invite, uh, introduce you to the person that God gave this song to this week. Uh, Sam, would you come up? So this little five-year-old, five-year-old boy called Sam walks up on stage and stands next to me and holds my hand. And uh, and at the know, three and a half thousand people in the in this in this tent, you could hear a pin drop. There was this silence. They were like, <laughs> "Hang on, we've just worshipped thousands of people worshipped for a song written by a boy who's five. Yeah. Um, and there was like, you know, you could hear sniffling and people kind of ah, you know, emotional about this. And it was amazing. And then the place just erupted with with um, just joy and yeah. cheering, clapping like, "Wow." Um, so it was awesome, just the moment to see that God had given a boy aged five a song, a simple song of praise that thousands worshipped to. Yeah. So that was that year. The following year, um, we recorded that song as the title track on the kids' album. Yeah. So it, the album was called God is Great. Yeah. The song is called God is Great. Um, and we interviewed him, did a video with Sam about that as well. Um, and that was really cool. And then, yeah, the song was sung all over the world. We had emails from people saying we've sung in different languages. And, and it was just amazing. It was just um, yeah, I love that. I, I love the fact that, you know, yes, it was a very simple song, but that that week, amongst all the stuff going on, God gave a little boy called Sam, who's five, yeah. a song that then enabled thousands of people to, to worship and sing this truth that God is great. He is brilliant. He is amazing. Yeah. He does give strength. And we want to say God is great. Um, and it was awesome. So, yeah. So yeah, that, that's such a cool story. Um, and I love kind of the part that you guys played in that as well, just being willing to... Uh, take what God had given him, what he'd caught from God, and facilitate that. Um, there yeah, might be people listening who they've got a kid who, you know, has done some songwriting, maybe legibly, maybe illegibly, uh, but has started putting some words or poems or, I don't know, any of that kind of thing. Uh, how can they facilitate them and help them? Obviously, bearing in mind, not all parents are going to be uh, super musical and able to convert it into a song like you were. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, for me, I, I just... I. You know, in that story, I'm like, God, if the song you chosen was about Bunny Rabbit, we'd have done a Bunny Rabbit song in the All This Celebration, you know. I'm like, uh, but thankfully God chose that song to, yeah. <laughs> to use. Um, but, but, you know, as a parent and as a children's pastor and, and you know, over the years, I've um, I've loved encouraging kids in, in, trying, in trying stuff. And, you know, whether the kids come with poems or songs um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, for me... I, 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 at the end of the day, you know, we can worship God in a whole load of ways. Yeah. We can worship God with, with you know, eight verse hymns. We can worship God with literally, you know, this is how I fight my battle. There's like four lyrics in that song, you know, like, yeah. and everything between it. You know, we, we don't have to have this amazing finished masterpiece to be able to worship God and sing truth and declare who he is and stuff. Um, and so, you know, over the years, I, we've we've done workshops with kids we've done songwriting things with kids and we've we've sung songs written by kids in our sunday schools and in our church services and stuff and some of them being like oh my goodness this is so cheesy <laughs> or, but but for me it's like but even if we never sing it again you know the encouragement that's given that child yeah that um uh, or the fact that you know what god sees the big picture you know the fact that through that cheesy little song that the kid wrote that maybe actually god speaks to, to an adult somewhere through that lyric or um so for me I would just encourage any kid that wants to write songs um, of worship to do it. And 
whether you just record stuff on your iPhone at home or whether you go to see the worship pastor at your church or the kids pastor. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> like I said, yeah, some, some songs will never see the light of day. And, and you know, for me, I, I, I was writing songs from a very young age. And I remember a story about John Wimber, who the Vineyard guy, uh, Vineyard Movement, that, you know, he wrote new songs every day. And, um, but some of those songs were just for him yeah. and God. Yeah. And no one else ever heard them. And, and I love that. And I'm like, you know, if a kid wants to write worship songs, you write, you write new songs every day. You, you go for it. And, you know, if no one else hears them, that doesn't matter, you know, because all this is for the audience of one in the end of the day. And, um, and it's, you know, between us and God. So I would say, yes, encourage your kids, even if it drives you nuts. If, if you're <laughs> like, if the song is the cheesiest thing ever, because, you know, um, for me, I, I yeah, I guess I, I've seen some fruits now of people that have kids that I, I, had in kids groups that have gone on to be worship leaders and songwriters and musicians. And I'm like, you know, I'm grateful to God. I was a tiny part in their journey. Um, um, but I love the fact that, you know, all those years ago when they were, could barely play the guitar and singing out a tune and stuff. And, uh, but we encouraged them like, keep going. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Come and be part of the kids worship band. Come and help me sing and lead worship and come and come to this event with, with me or the team. And um, mm. yeah, I, I just, I would just say encourage them uh, and, uh, yeah, keep going. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you, you never know. And you're really I, trying to encourage that. Uh, what I'm hearing from you is kind of encourage their hearts as a worshipper and draw the character out. It's not always about the finished product. And I think absolutely. sometimes that happens in, yeah. in church as well. It depends a bit on your tradition. But um, where we are, I've had to talk to my kids quite a bit recently about, you know, kind of sing a new song or lots of people are singing stuff. And they're like, what are the words? I don't know. I can't join in. Um, you know, and actually saying sometimes God just gives you something to sing for now. Or, you know, it doesn't have to be in church when you're on your own at home or whatever. Um, that might just be a way of you expressing yourself to God. And that's great. It's not necessarily about the finished project, but just kind of shaping and moulding them to have that that heart of worship. Absolutely. I mean, and, and one of our middle daughter, Millie, you know, she has a book. You know, she, she loves to worship. She loves to sing. Um, she's tried to play the guitar and then given up. She's tried to play the piano, given up. So I'm like, okay, you know, we've tried. We're not going to push that. Yeah, yeah. But she has a she has a book where she just writes songs. You know, there's no melodies melodies to these songs yet. But she's just had a book full of songs that she's written when she's been praying or in a room or, and uh, you know, and again, like they may may never become songs. They may never be be sung anywhere. But for her, you know, we're like just keep going, Anne Mills. Keep keep writing these songs. Keep expressing yourself and your love for God and just what He's saying to you and. And, um, yeah, and who knows, you know, I look back at books and notes that I wrote when I was 15 and they become songs in later years and, you know, God speaks this stuff again and you just never know. Right. Yeah. So I, I would just say, just, yeah, encourage that heart, encourage their passion. And, um, and, uh, even if you just buy them a notebook and a nice pen and say, just write stuff in this notebook and that's your worship song notebook and, and look back at that in a few years time and see what God does with them. And, yeah. um, yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much, Simon. You're welcome. And a final question to start a conversation with your kid is this. If you could write a song to encourage other Christians or to express a feeling to God or to worship God, what would it be about? So yeah, talk to your kids, see if they can write a song, if they had the skill, um, what it would actually their song be about that would end up encouraging Christians or help them connect with God. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see what they come up with. Have a great week.
thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.